I'm Sean. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to Sean and Mike Take a Hike. All right, welcome to another episode of Sean and Mike Take a Hike. Uh, What are we going to talk about today, Sean? Today, I thought we could talk about fires. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The little kid in me wants to do the Beavis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought we could talk about fires, um, like knowing when you can have a fire, what to look for, kind of that whole realm of things. Like, I mean, this is not a how to build a fire episode so much, but like a when when can you have a fire, what to look for, how do you know before you go, that sort of stuff. Right. So just making sure that, again, a, kind of a theme of like all of our uh, uh, episodes is doing it safely and trying to keep nature intact for the rest of us right? Uh, t- type of a thing. Yeah. So campfire safety and etiquette. Uh, more or less. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get it. So, yeah, yeah. I don't really know where to start. Um, here's the problem with this episode. <laughs> every area is different. Well, every area is different. So this is, I hate saying this because we say it on every episode, but it's going to be a do-your-own-research <laughs> type right. of episode. We can, we can give some generalities, or if that's a word, um, some generic information about Say campfire safety, but when it comes to your location, whether you're on public land, private land, federal land, state land, yeah, uh, everything is a little bit different. So all of that's going to be different. Plus, you're going to have to look out for like what is your. I mean, I assume this is nationwide because I'm pretty sure it's Smokey the Bear is nationwide. But like, what is your fire yeah. danger level? Yeah, you what's know, the DNR danger level? Yeah, like, yeah. what is your what's your drought situation looking like where you're going? Um, you know, what right. do you got the middle in your of area? Ca- uh, yeah, middle of summer in California, probably not the best time to have a forest. Or, uh, well, it's never a good time to have a forest fire, but right. <laughs> never a good time to have a campfire in the middle of a forest. Exactly, well, right. You know, or so. are you, like, winter camping where there's snow on the ground where, like, you could have, I don't want to say darn near as big of a fire as you want, but, like, you know, in the winter right. you can have a better, bigger fire than you can have in a dry summer month, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. As long as you're, you want to make sure you're not real close to tree limbs, things like that, to where if it does get really high, then you're catch that you're catching the tree on fire. Yeah. Type of a thing. So, so let's maybe start with, um, what you and I are more familiar with, which is like the, if you're going backpacking and you have a specified, backcountry campsite that you're going to, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, in our experience at least, those type of campsites, if you are in an area where you are allowed to have a fire, usually those will have either an individual fire ring or possibly a community fire ring if you have multiple sites that are all kind of clustered together. Right. If that's what you have... It should be common sense, but in case it's not common sense, you should be having your fire in the fire ring. Right. And usually if you're in those types of a situation, you're either 
going into it knowing that there's going to be this situation because you've looked online for that, the, the campsites, things of that nature. Um, it'll tell you that you have your own firing or if it's community firing and it will state right on those things. When you're getting that information, campfires are to be used or had in those specified areas or designated areas right. only. Don't, if you don't like the location of it, don't try to move it for one. Yeah. And also don't like, if you, if there's a really nice view on the beach or whatever, don't go, you know, creating a, your own little fire pit on the beach or anything like that. Cause that's another ecosystem or habitat for somebody, something else that you could be destroying. Right. So, right. Kind of getting into the leave no trace type thing right. where it's like leave nature, nature, um, you know, and I guess yeah, kind of along those lines, maybe worth bringing up, if you are having a fire, burn wood, right? Like, don't be, Absolutely. don't be burning your trash. Don't be burning, right. you know, leftover food and all that sort of stuff. We kind of got into that in our What We Eat episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you shouldn't be burning your trash. Like, the fire pit is for a wood fire. Right. Well, and that's because if, if something doesn't completely burn, then it's going to attract, you know, critters. It's going to attract things, and it could end, end up, if those embers are still hot, could end up hurting those those animals or whatever, too. So, Well, realistically, so. even without that possibility, I don't want to come up to a camp spot with your trash left in the fire pit. Well, yeah, there is that, You too. know, like, just leave and it we, nice for have. the next one. Yeah, we for sure have. So, it's it's always disappointing, you know. When you see that somebody left their junk behind. Yeah. And, you know, and I even see going back to the bear locker thing, we mentioned that there was somebody that left those cans of tuna and stuff in there. Well, those have an expiration date. Yeah, it might be a couple of years out, but if they nobody takes them, then they're just going to sit there and expire. I know. And I, then it's just waste somewhere. So I feel like those people that did that were probably, probably had good intentions, or at least I am hoping yeah. that they had good intentions but it's also like here i don't want to throw this away you throw it away like come on you, you throw it away you brought yeah, it in exactly. take it out you know right you know how much six cans of tuna waste right so. exactly <laughs> um so, so yeah so well and then the other reason not to burn your trash too is like let's keep in mind some people are trying to cook over that fire right right yep so yeah. i don't really want to be cooking my food over your trash Exactly. Well, and I did mention in a an emergency situation on a previous episode that you, duct tape can be used as a fire starter. Yeah, but you also and said the tiniest little bit. Tiniest little bit and in an emergency situation. Right. Don't make that your primary fire starter because that doesn't burn clean. Some people are trying to cook over it. And they don't need to be taking in all that, those fumes and, and all that stuff too. Yeah. So that, like, like I said, that's an emergency survival tip or, or whatever. If you need a fire and don't have anything else to start with, but you do have duct tape, it can be used. Right. So, so or Doritos. Yeah. Or Doritos or crayons. <laughs> I believe you can use a crayon yeah. instead of a, I don't know who's taking crayons out on the trail, but maybe you've got kids. Right. Theoretically. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So if you have a fire ring, Use the fire ring, right? I mean, like, that's right. that's the big takeaway is even yeah. even if it is a group one, like, you and I talked about when we went and had our first group campfire fire oh, ring we, experience. I was, I was, 
not sure I was going to join. I was just like, I'll just stay antisocial. I'll just stand by in my site and sit by myself or whatever. Yep. And then it ended up being a really good time. It wound up being so, a really good time. I think we were both pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah. Well, and everybody – so there was a couple of people that that showed up and did not bring any firewood and did not make any attempts to go get firewood. Right. Don't be those people. If, if you're going to go enjoy the fire that somebody else either built or has started, if it's not started yet or whatever – be a comrade and go go uh help and gather firewood and you know you'll you already make friends if you help out and and things like that so yep. help out go get some firewood and then if if the fire is already going and you're just walking up to it bring some firewood with you like go out into the woods grab some down limbs drag them up and say hey can we join you and so, I guess maybe that's worth mentioning in this episode too. Like I assume this is the rule everywhere. It's certainly the rule everywhere right. we go, but the rule is don't be cutting trees down to have a fire. I don't know anybody that's taking a yeah. chainsaw out into the woods with them anyway, but you're looking for already downed stuff yeah. to be having. A I fire. follow a guy on TikTok that uh, is out in Alaska and he ends up having to cut trees down. Um, out in Alaska, but there he usually find tries to find a dead tree. Okay. Or um, he, he, I mean, he'll primarily look for stuff on the ground, but he's also digging shelters out of like eight feet of snow. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's doing a whole different type of hiking in bed than we are. So, but the good thing with going to like one of these spots with a designated fire ring is you really shouldn't have a lot of guesswork on whether you can or cannot have a fire also, because if you're, I don't want to say all the time, but a lot of the time you're reserving a specific spot, right? Right. And there's usually some sort of authority over that campground, whether that be federal government, whether that be your state government, whether that be, you know, whoever it is that's having authority over those groups, they, should indicate to you when you're signing up or when you're checking in or any of those, you know, at the trailhead, whether conditions right now as you're starting allow you to have a fire in those pits or not. Um, So there shouldn't be a lot of guesswork there. Like as as long, as long as you don't have total blinders on, you should have an indication. Well, a I'm provided a fire pit and B it's not a, you know, fire danger red, Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you usually you start making these plans months in advance. Um, do your best. Just like the weather, you may not have access to internet or any cell signal while you're out on the trail. So check the weather before you go. Make sure that it's not going to be too windy or too dry. And check, check the fire uh, danger in that area where you're going. Don't check for where you live. Check for where you're going. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it's it'll be different yeah right so, well yeah for sure um so i mean we it's it doesn't even just apply to the backcountry we went glamping uh yep. last year and it was during the drought when canada had was on fire yep and where we were going was fire danger red and they told us like yep we there are there is a fire ring on your site but we are in a like they were not selling firewood right and they said if they saw a fire they would come put it out right so, well, and then speaking of putting out, 
excellent, excellent segue into even if you do have a fire, right? Have a plan to put yeah. it out. So right. you and I, usually one of the first things we do when we get to camp is we go and get water, you know? Yep. Um, we never have a fire. We never have a bonfire, right? We have a fire just right. big enough for our needs. That's not going to get out of control. And then we have a way to put it out. So you got your bag of water there. You get, yep. you know, is, do you got dirt there that you could throw on it if you need to, you know, all those things like kind of have a plan. Don't yep. let your fire Take get a too big. To throw dirt. And, right. Yep. But if it does start to get too big, what, what do you got to, like you're saying, do you got a shovel to throw some dirt onto it? Do you got your bag of water? Have a plan because at the end of the day, I cannot imagine most people plan on starting a fire that spreads, right? But we all know right. that fires spread. So even with the best of intentions, you still could wind up with a fire that gets a little bit out of your control. Whether you maybe you had to walk away for a minute to go get more firewood. Maybe you had to walk away for a minute to go grab something out of your tent. Maybe you had to go use the restroom real quick. Right. Is, be mindful of where your fire is at and what your fire is doing before you go do all that stuff so that it doesn't get out of control while you're gone. But then right. also have a plan in case, you know? Yep. Yeah. The, uh, most, I mean, most people probably are not going to have the ability to find enough wood to have a bonfire. <laughs> that uh, is our usually, experience anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, on the way to camp, a good half mile from camp, there's plenty of good firewood. Yeah. It's like, oh man, like, should we start loading up? But you already got how many pounds on your back? So you're like, yeah, no, not yet. There will be firewood when we get there. And then when you get there, there's no firewood. There's no firewood. Like, there's never any firewood <laughs> right by the fire pit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless so, you happen to, didn't we, we had that one where we showed up and there was like a couple of logs left over that somebody had found. That, like sitting yeah. right next to the fire ring. It's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, whoever left these for right. us. <laughs> right. We had to go find some starter wood and a few extra logs, but it definitely saved us some time yeah. and effort. Right. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so that's about all. I mean, do you have anything more for, like, specific fire ring-related ones? Because then, if not, we could move on to, like, more the true, quote-unquote, dispersed country camping. Yeah, uh, the, o- the only thing... I guess I'll, I'll reiterate. I mean, I know we said to use the fire rings because they're provided, but they're also placed strategically in a location that it's safe to have a fire. It's not going to be too close to other trees or things that can burn. It's, it's, it's an open area. Um, so that's, that's why they put that there and that's why they're allowing fires in that specific spot. So, um, Def, definitely use them. They're there for a reason. Yeah, and That's like you I, said before, don't don't go moving it just because you think, oh, it would be prettier over here, or right. I'd have a better view of the sky over here. Whatever the rings are, where they're at, yeah. because that's where they're supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. So, so then, all right. So then, let's move away from that into the that. That's your like actual camp spot. But as we all designated know, designated camp spots. Yeah. yeah. You don't always get that, right? Like sometimes you're just walking right. along the trail and you got to find a spot to pitch your tent and right. hang your We're hammock probably or gonna whatever. Experience that for the first time, planning it for the first time this fall. <laughs> I was gonna say we kind of did it once already, <laughs> right? But we're gonna be planning for it for the first time. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So it, this is also 
a learning experience for us. The research that we've done is be kind of because of this trip that yeah. we're planning for August. So it's, I mean, not only when you're finding a location to put your tent to do as little damage to nature, the same goes for your fire pit where you're going to have a fire. Somebody else might have had the same idea, or you might stumble across and be like, oh, there's a there's a campsite right here yeah. that somebody else has used. You can reuse that stuff if it's at a stopping point for you. But make sure you find a location, again, where it's not right next to a tree. It's not going to, if it blazes up too high, there's no low-hanging branches, not a lot of dead, dry grass somewhere yeah. that can just spread easily. Uh, if you have a shovel, which you should for your cat holes and whatnot anyway, but dig it out a little bit and make sure you've got fresh dirt that's uh that you're putting this wood on so that it's not something that's going to catch on fire yeah. so so like we when we did the was it the manistee river trail that we were doing that didn't have quote-unquote designated camp spots but then as we were hiking down the trail you came across spots that like clearly people had used Clearly, people. Well, we we found. I think that was the North Country Trail part of the Manistee River Loop. Loop. Yeah, the Manistee River Trail, I believe, has designated spots. Does it? Okay. I I, I think so because we've done both. Right. One of them has designated spots, and the other one doesn't. But it was noticeable that people had camped there. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, so. and the only reason that I bring that up is because, like, like you were just saying a minute ago, like you will come across spots where it's like, okay, clearly we are not the first hikers on this trail. Other right. people have stopped and used this spot as a camp spot, and oh, look, here's this little ring of rocks that they have made that clearly they are using for the fire pit, right? Or double check somebody else's work, clearing- but. Right, where there's this clearing of dirt, and there's like chart, there's right. coal or burnt burnt remnants that clearly somebody has had a fire, and the whole forest didn't fire, burn down. Yeah. So a safe fish spot, definitely make sure. But well, and uh, not only just a safe fish spot, but also like okay, if somebody else or multiple people before you have designated this as the fire spot, well, don't go making another one, like. Right. Go back yeah, to your leave already, no trace, as little yep. impact as possible, right? Like, okay, we've all co- collectively agreed this is where the fire is going to be at this little spot. So continue using yep. that so that you're not making another pit right next, you know, 10 feet away from it and causing more damage to the land that surrounds it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely reuse, repurpose. Yeah. Type of a, a thing. And then again, don't be having a giant bonfire. Have right the uh, really some not just like a sufficiently sized fire, but the smallest fire that you can get away with. I think is really the best way to frame it in your head. Right. If it's in the colder months, like when we go in in the earlier months uh, of summer or late spring, or in the uh, late summer, early fall when it's starting to chill down at night. Mm-hmm. We might have a little bit bigger of a fire just to add that warmth. Right. The fires that we have in the summer, it's just we. we it's just relaxing. We're mm-hmm. there. We're sipping on our pints and sipping some water, relaxing because we just hiked seven, eight miles. 
it's it's more or less for the ambiance than than the actual heat at that point, and so it's the, just we're just having a little fire for the light when when it's dark outside. So right, it's yeah, it's not a survival tool when it's in, at in that type of situation. If you are having a fire to survive, then if people are searching for you, then maybe have a big fire. <laughs> have have <laughs> but, the smallest fire for your need. So, like, if you're there having you a fire yeah. to be spotted from rescue planes, okay, have an appropriately sized fire. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> I, but, yeah, have the smallest one for your need. But then the other thing. Yeah. Don't go pyrotechnic and. Yeah. Well, the other <laughs> thing that I want to say before I forget, because I'm going to forget if I don't say it. But, like. Yep. So, you and I have said before, we, we quite often go on the North Country Trail. Right. The North Country Trail does go on private property too. So you're I believe you're, you have don't you have a coworker or you had a coworker? Yeah, yeah I have a coworker that goes through property. Yeah. So you're on that's another thing to kinda of like plan ahead a little bit. I know you're not necessarily gonna know exactly where you're at on the map, but like right. no, are you potentially gonna be on private property? Are you definitely going to be only on public property? But if you're on right. private property, well then all the more reason to least impact, you know, these people are letting us on their property really out of the kindness of their hearts. Right. Right. Don't fucking ruin nobody, it. Nobody's got yet. Yeah, nobody's got to let us on their land. Right. They could, they could ask the North country trail association to move that trail. Right. So it doesn't, it goes around their property. Um, it's nice that they don't in most cases, some of some have, and that's why sometimes it ends up going along a road. Yep. Uh, or something because somebody owns that land and they didn't want it there. So right. they don't own the road. So they just moved it to the road. So, I mean, I've even yeah, seen but, things in some spots where it's like, if you, let's say you, let's say you're going to be mostly on private property for like a good chunk of it. Like I've seen things where they're like, really the only way you can have a fire is if you get landowner permission, which right. <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. I'm not entirely sure how you would even go about getting landowner permission. Right. But, Unless they put a cell phone number or phone yeah, number somewhere. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, just, I guess, think about it. It's something to think about before you have a fire. Don't just assume you're out yeah. on the trail and well, you can have a fire. A lot of a lot of the information we are going to provide, and the, again, the theme of it is going to be a know before you go yeah. with, with where you can have a fire, what kind of land you're going to be on. Yeah. Like, just, just like before you go backpacking anyway know what the temperatures are going to be do you need long pants do you need short pants yep. like it's same same thing you've got to be prepared for the situation that you're putting yourself into well and we kind of touched on this part earlier too about the trash in the fire pit but like if you need let's pretend this is not necessarily fire related but it is fire related if the food you're taking requires you to heat it up boil water whatever yeah you definitely are going to want to know are you allowed to have a fire and if you're not allowed to have a fire and that's what you were planning on well then what are you going to do are you going to bring some sort of little cook stove are you going to take different food that doesn't require being heated like right figure out your game plan for that too right I mean, realistically, I always recommend taking at least the smallest of cook stoves and smallest canister of gas just in case because 
you might find yourself in a torrential downpour and you can, you know, set up in your little vestibule and stay a little safe and still be able to cook if you're starving. Yeah. Uh, but you won't be able to cook over a, a, a fire pit. Well, so, or what if there is no wood? Uh, well, you know, I mean, you, yeah. you, you mentioned a little bit yeah. ago, you get sometimes get to camp and the closest wood that you have found that is down and dead that you're allowed to use is a half mile. Rotted or wet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Or that's okay. Let's say you do find wood and it is rotted and wet. You can't get it's it started. I mean, what are you going to yeah. do? So you should have, right. you know, something to think about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know of a different way to say that, but like we, we take, we take a camp stove. So like we don't re- right. rely on having a fire right. at camp to heat up our water. And realistically, if we had one day where I couldn't heat up my dinner, like I, I could eat trail mix for dinner. I could eat my granola bar for dinner. If I had to skip a yeah. meal, I'm not going to starve to death, you know? Well, yeah, we, there's times where, I tell you, you have to eat your dinner, even though you don't want to. Yeah. Because you need to put something back in your body. You burned a ton of calories, and you've, you've just you've got to you have to eat. You you cannot just malnourish yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you're dehydrated. Too tired. You're too starving. tired to eat dinner. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, have your have your plans with that. Make sure that you know where you're at and what type of land you're on. Don't impact the area too much if you can help it. Yeah, I really don't have a whole lot. I did read, I guess the one thing is they they do recommend just like your cat holes and whatnot, try to be at least 200 feet away from any kind of streams or lakes or anything like that. Even with your fire? Yeah, it's what I was reading. Um, I know some designated camp uh, rings that we've had. Well, no, I guess even at Bowman Lake, we could see the lake pretty good, but it was probably 200 feet. So, um, and maybe that's just to preserve, like, if people want to fish or anything like that, too. But um, definitely, uh, set your. Put if you have to if you're making your own fire, you know place to have a fire. Just you know do it wisely. Don't try to impact too much. Yeah, and then so I guess the only other thing that I really wanted to maybe just touch on, we briefly touched on it before, but like we glamp a lot, right? When you're glamping at a state park with one of these giant fire rings. You got to like mostly put out your fire before bed, but let's be honest, everybody kind of just lets things go. There's enough people around. There's emergency services if things got out of control. You can't necessarily rely on that when you're in the backcountry. So just as a maybe let's touch on what is the proper way to put out a fire or make sure that it's out before you're done with it. Um, My personal favorite is... I like to use water. I mean, <laughs> it's, it makes a fun That's sound. It's very visual. It's <laughs> not where I thought you were what, going Why? What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say my personal favorite is to pee on it. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's a good, I didn't even think of that as an option. Uh, okay, so I'm gathering that's your go-to. Well, that's that's my go-to if I know nobody's going to be cooking on it. <laughs> 
I mean, so so your options are kind of basically pour water on it, make sure your coals are going out. Um, yep. The other one is, we've kind of mentioned this one before, you can throw some dirt on it. Really yep. to throw dirt on it for that one to work, in my experience anyway, you kind of need to spread the fire out nice and good before you do that. Yeah. Right? I mean, yep. so that's the big thing is... Well, I mean, in general, though, even with water, you want to make sure it's spread out just in the off chance that two pieces didn't get all that wet. And because you're in the backcountry, you don't yeah. have all the water in the world. So you want to you still want to spread it out. So if there's a couple of hot coals that are still there, they don't reignite. Yeah or whatever yeah. so really get it spread out you know plan ahead like don't wait until the last minute to put your fire out you know like right don't don't put a new log on and be like well time to go to bed exactly right <laughs> or you know don't just like throw a cup of water on it and walk away like make sure that your fire yeah. is really going out like you're saying make sure there's no stray hot spots in the fire pit um yep get it good and spread out, get some dirt thrown on it, make some mud, you know, like use your shovel, yep. get some water in there, make mud, kind of turn it over, make sure it's all good and doused. It will dry for the next person. And the dirt can be a pain in the butt for the next person, but they know you're doing, doing things safely. So nobody's yeah. going to be real upset with you and you'll probably never beat them. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, get it put out, kind of keep an eye on it for a little bit at least. Make sure that it's not going to flare back up or, right. you know, watch watch for smoke and all that sort of stuff. And make sure nothing around the fire pit is catching on fire. Um, but, I mean, I just I thought maybe it would be worth mentioning all that in case people don't actually yeah. know how to put a fire out. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, we – I guess we can touch a little bit on, like – we do take uh, the fire starters. Yep. Um, we don't use a full fire starter. I mean, ninety percent of the time, you could you can buy a box of those, whether the, the Duraflame, whatever. I don't know. I always watch from go on clearance at the end of the season and just buy a pack but, of them. Yeah, but you can you can break them things in half or in thirds, and yeah. they're gonna do the job. Yeah. You can extend those boxes, the life of those boxes, and those you know so. That's what we do is we break them into thirds or halves or whatever yep. and take a few. We make sure we have at least one per night, and we get a fire going that way. That way it's a um, – I think those things are mostly uh, sawdust, they're sawdust and, and, and wax or glue or so. yeah. something. I guess yeah. I don't really know what's in them. Yeah. I know there's sawdust in them, but I don't know what else is in yeah. them. So, but they, they hold on for a while long enough to get your, your kindling going and yep. then you can build it up that way. So if you're not familiar with how to start a fire or how to make a fire, build one, that's another thing to research. Yeah. Probably I'm not a, best to do that for the first time. <laughs> first time in the back country. Yeah. yeah. I guess test I just take for granted that, that people know how to start yeah. a fire. Cause like you right. and I have been building fires for years and years and years, but yeah. There might be people that don't know how to start. I'm a big fan of the uh, log cabin and or the lean-to method. but I know, uh, you're, And he is awful at starting fires. The right way to do it is the teepee method. No. Yeah. No. The, the right way to do any fire is to make sure that your fire starter can catch the kindling. It's not the big stuff on the bottom, the little stuff on top. It's the little stuff on bottom, the big stuff on top, 
with enough oxygen to to get in there so that the little stuff can catch fire and then catch the big stuff on fire because fire burns up and i would uh, i would caution you against saying big stuff the bigger right right yeah (laughs) the bigger stuff it's a progression right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah don't wait until you're out in the bad country to start your first fire practice at least once before you go at least yeah with with the method you're planning on using in the backcountry, if if you're not familiar with it, because mm-hmm. I mean it will be a bummer if if it's not a survival thing, but you were looking forward to having a fire and relaxing that night, and then you can't get one lit. That's it's going to be stressful and it's going to be a big bummer. Yep. So make sure you you can do that. Well, and maybe plan your trip too. That's this isn't necessarily fire related, but. If you're planning on having a fire, maybe try to get to camp before it gets dark out too. You know, don't well, yeah. don't push your mileage so far that you're not going to be able yep. to gather wood or get something started or get your stuff set up. I mean, look, I understand that there's people out there that set their camp up by headlamp and yep. That is fine if you are comfortable doing that. If you are a beginner, that's just asking for mosquitoes or whatever to enter your tent. I mean, I just feel like it's asking for a lot of things. Like, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to be getting this camp that late. I don't, yeah, I don't want to be doing everything in the dark. I don't want, right. You know, I want a little minute to relax before I got to turn in for the night. We usually plan our days to where we know approximately how far we're going for the day and we know approximately how fast we hike. So we, we know when we need to leave camp by to get to the new camp up at a an approximate hour, so we know how much daylight we've got left. Yeah, uh, in the day, so we know that okay. Like the one day we got there, we got to camp like at one or two p.m. and we went and sat on the beach for a while. Like well, we have to be that was our like spirit. That was our that short, was short day, day though, because and it was a planned day. Yeah, it was planned <laughs> just because to get the next couple of days where we wanted them to be, we knew we were going to have to have a short day. But yeah, I mean, I didn't hate that day. I'll tell you that. I mean, it was pretty right. nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so it, make sure, especially if it's your first time building a fire. Do that before it gets dark. Get your fire built, and then that way you you can just sit and relax when it gets dark. You'll still have to use a headlamp or a flashlight or whatever your source of light is to get to your tent from the fire pit when you're going to bed for the night. Yeah, But it's it's always nice to have that started before it's dark just so you've got that peace of mind that it's it's going. Yeah, for sure. So, yep. Um, that is realistically, Mike, that is pretty much all of the notes of all the things that I had to talk about. I mean, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you feel like we should fire? I mean, fire is fire, right? So there's not fire is fire. A heck of a lot to say about it, but the big takeaway, I mean, not to get into our like recap, you know, right. Whatever. But unfortunately, do your own research. Do your own research. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the takeaway is every spot is going to be like, you could be, so we've said before, we're in Michigan. It's going right. to be different in the UP than it is down in the thumb. And the thumb is going to be different than it is over on the West side of the state. Like you could have drastically different 
fire rules. You know, you might be in, on federal land up in the UP, and you might be on state land over on the west side of the state, and you might be on private property over on the thumb. You know, all of those are going to have different rules. They're all going to have different danger, fire danger risks. And that's all just within one state. Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah. who knows where listener is listening from? It's going to be that much different where you're at, month yeah. to month, season to season, location to location. You're kind of going to have to look up and see where am I going? What am I allowed to do? Do yep. I need permission to do any of this? Yeah, I mean, it just falls into the no before you go. Do your research, look into it. You shouldn't be, as an inexperienced amateur hiker, just waking up in the morning be like, yep, I'm going to go backpacking today and just pack your pack and start driving to get to the trail. Yeah, don't um, be forest dumping it. Don't just be like, right. don't just start walking and keep walking, right? Like, I mean, right. kind of right. have a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a plan. Know before you go, and and you'll be fine. And as you get more experienced, sure. Right. Uh, you, but as you're more experienced, if you do decide that you're going to just go hiking for the day or hiking for a weekend or whatever, you're probably going to a location that you've already been to and you already know the rules. So, right. Or at least you're familiar with looking up. Uh, yeah. You know where you're going and what the rules are. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Because that's a big learning curve, too. And we are going to have a whole episode just on that. But, like, figuring out the the planning thing. Like, we had a listener Mm -hmm. uh, write in and say, like, okay, this is all well and good. But, like, how do I know where to go? Like, how do you even get started with the planning? So Mm -hmm. we're going to add an episode in with what our process is on doing that. Um, So we'll get into that more in that episode. But that's part of it is kind of figuring out, like, where you're going to be, who yeah. owns that land, what are the rules? Well, like that's a whole thing all to itself. And that's when we went to the pictured rocks, well, well, our first trip in the Porkies, we didn't really know a whole lot about the fire situation. We knew that we had fire pits on our sites. Yep. Um, when we went to the pictured rocks, it was, there are areas where it says no fire. Oh yeah. There are areas where it says there's no water source. Yeah. Um, so you have to either find a water source and bring it with you, or you have to go set up camp and then go find a water source. Yeah. Like, so th- there's a whole different situation with that too, but it like it, the sites we use and where we're comfortable with going, it will tell you, well, that's a federal park or right. a national park right. or whatever. That's so national they, lakeshore. Right. So that was on the, the national uh, or the, the federal Yeah, site. right on the so, brochure, like, <laughs> which was yeah, nice. But, <laughs> so, but it, it basically just said there's no fires here. So, yeah. um, so we, we planned around that. We want, we knew we wanted to have a fire. Yeah. And so we planned around that and we may have hiked a little bit farther one day or there was that one day where it was a shortened day, but we could have gone a little bit farther, but then we couldn't have had a fire. That was the thing. That's why we shortened it up is because the next, the options were, well, you could keep going, but then the next spot, there's no water. And then the next spot, there's no fire. And then, right. And then you're like a whole nother day's worth. So, I mean, but that's, that's a whole different thing. We'll get into that in a different episode, but yeah, I mean, just. One of the reasons that there could have been no fires allowed was just that it was 
too much forest, too much wood. Like it was, there was just no clearings or anything. There was clearings enough for for you to set up your tent, but not enough for it to be safe to have a fire or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't know why either. I mean, I didn't really look into why you couldn't have a fire there. I just know right. it said you couldn't have a fire, so we didn't have a fire. <laughs> <laughs> or we didn't say it. No, that we one. just did, we didn't stay there. Yeah. yeah. So, but that that like I said, it it you're you're gonna want to plan these things out. So that I guess that was a long way of saying that. Just you're gonna be planning this out. And where you're planning this out should tell you, unless you know you're going to be doing dispersed camping, then you definitely need to look into what type of land you're dispersed camping on and what those rules and regulations are. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a fair way to say that. Yep. That's, that's all I have. That's, um, I've got, um, I've got nothing else. Uh, as always, we're at Sean Mike Hike uh, on all the socials. I still haven't gotten the Snapchat up and running. Had a crazy couple of weeks, but we uh, we do have all the all the other socials. And at uh, Sean Mike Hike at gmail dot com to reach us on uh, on the the emails. Yep. And like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, wherever you listen to this, uh, definitely helps us boost, uh, tell a friend, share it with a friend, uh, or make fun of it with a friend, whatever. (laughs) We're happy either way. So we just enjoy doing this. So, um, that's all I've got. Yeah, that's all I got. Go take a hike, Mike. Okay. Yep. Go take a hike. We'll see you in a couple weeks. We'll see you guys.